1: The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Gambling Fever... A disease that, in varying degrees, afflicts millions of Americans. In its milder form, where it's indulged in casually, it can be no more than a pastime. But the compulsive gambler finds himself on the road to perdition. An addicted gambler is doomed as surely as anyone addicted to drugs or alcohol. He will inevitably find himself face to face with disaster. Yeah, you're late, Lou. I know, I know. I've been trying to raise the money. You ought to put that to music. That's the same song I've been hearing for the last week. Look, we've been doing business for years. I've always paid before, haven't I? That's like yesterday's news. Dead. That's what you'll be unless you come up with 11 big ones before next Tuesday. Our mystery drama... Met with the Angels was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Murray Burnett and stars Mason Adams. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Man is a social animal. Indeed, many sociologists believe that the company of his fellows is just as important to him as any of life's necessities. Of course, friendship between men has been celebrated in song and story ever since Damon and Pythias. Today's tale deals with a friendship that equaled, if it didn't exceed, the bond between that historic pair. Since this friendship carried beyond the grave... as I could remember, Lou Marvin and I have been pals, from kindergarten through the University of Chicago. Although we chased different careers after we graduated, me to the advertising business, and Lou turning his charm and personal magnetism to selling, we kept in touch. And whenever Lou was in town, we were inseparable. Even during one of the worst blizzards in the history of Chicago, when Lou punched me in the mouth, saving my life at the same time that he risked his own. I was crazy to try to get to work, but I had a new account that I'd promised to work up, so I fought my way to my car and was just about settled in the front seat when I saw Lou trudging towards me through the snow. At the same time, I heard thump. I rolled the window down to try to see what had happened, and I heard Lou calling. Stay where you are, Jason. Don't move.
0: Get your face back in there. are you crazy, Lou? Come on, get in and I'll give you a lift to your friendly neighborhood bookmaker. I said sit. What's going on here? Let me get out and...
1: (coughs) Sorry, buddy. That's an electric power cable across the back of your car. Now, sitting where you are, your face is in your house. Touch one foot on the ground, you'll be electrocuted. Wow could you have told me that before you hauled off and belted me? You already had your hand on the door latch. Yeah, but you touched me, and you're okay. I made sure i just hit you, not the car. Wait wait a minute. You mean if if, if you'd have brushed the car when you swung at me, you'd have been in fraud. You're crazy, Lou. You know that? I mean, why didn't Uh, you... Look, you know my philosophy. Never ask why. Never look back. Now, I'll get a tree branch, get that power line off the car, and we'll find a poker game. found the poker game I went to work despite Lou's beautifully persuasive sales pitch Lou knew that I wasn't a gambler but he liked to have me along when I could spare the time I enjoyed watching and I sometimes even made a small bet I liked to think that I acted as a restraining influence but I realized I was kidding myself for example one summer night we went to the triers. the next race Jason the next race is going to be the biggie. We'll win back everything we lost. Right, Lou. I mean, isn't that the way it always goes? The next race, the next football game, the next fight. Have I ever steered you wrong? Often. Well, you can't win them all, you know that. Oh, I know, Lou. I know. I, I I just don't like to lose them all, and I think you lose more than you win. Oh, come on now. No analysis tonight. Look at this horse here. Look at this. Number six in the next race. Great. Well, that's where they say the pot of gold is. Jason, 11 to one. That's not like you, Lou. You're a chalk player. Not when I'm out 600 bucks. Now, look at him. There he is out on the track now. The roan there. Now isn't he beautiful? You know something, Lou? You have been reading racing for him since high school. Now, I don't pretend to know half as much as you, but look at this dope sheet on Rainbow. He leads all the way to the stretch, and then he quits and he finishes last. I saw that. That's the beauty of it. I figure they're setting him up for a killing. That's why he's 11 to 1. Now, come on. Let's get to the windows before we shut out. As usual, there was no standing up against Lou's enthusiasm. I bet $5 on Rainbow. Lou bet $100. Rainbow went out to a six-length leap with Lou screaming, what did I tell you? And then stopped as if he'd run into a brick wall. He finished last again. But what happened next? That's the part that you're not going to believe. Hey, uh, Well, you were smart only to bet five. But this time, watch. Rainbow will do it. What? The race is over. One heat. They're going to run a second. I don't... I don't... You're... You're not going to... You're not going to bet him again. Jason, that's why you're a loser. You just don't understand. Now look at the tote board. Rainbows up to 15 to 1. They're going to make a killing. Who, who's that? How do I know? The owners, the insiders. Oh, boy. You know, you know, Lou, for an intelligent guy, I, I really think you don't have one your morals. You don't know anything about gambling. I know enough not to put my money on a horse running against the very same horses that just beat him by 20 lengths. Jason, now look. It costs money to run a horse in this race, doesn't it? I know about entry fees. Well, babe, you are. Why do you think the owners would put up this much money to enter him if they didn't think he could win? This is a put-up job. I can smell it. Okay, you have every right to call me the world's biggest idiot, but you've never heard Lou sell. His belief was so strong, and he had the ability to sweep away all logic and actually convince you that he was right. At any rate, I bet another five, and he put down his last hundred. And then we rushed back to the track to watch and listen.
0: And as they head into the stretch, it's Rainbow on top by two lengths. Then Mark's son of Villafranche and Hesperus. Hesperus is moving on the outside. Mark's son and Villafranche also moving up as Rainbow falters. It's Hesperus and Mark's son
1: and it's work done on the inside by a note. There'll be a photo. Well, Lou, Yeah. you are. Well, I still have a small bankroll left. I think I'll find me a book again. I couldn't get sore at Lou. None of his friends could. I mean, if you liked him, and most people did, you put up with that fatal flaw in his character. However, I didn't hear from Lou for about a week after the incident at the racetrack, and I was concerned. I called and I left messages, but he didn't return the calls. So one night I decided to stroll over to his apartment on Lakeshore Drive. I missed his unfailing cheerfulness, and I also wanted to tell him that I'd I'd finally met a girl that I wanted to marry. I wanted them to meet because it was important that they be friends. As I approached the entrance to his apartment house... I was surprised to see Lou... Come on, escorted by two men.
0: Lou! Hey, Lou, hold, hold up a minute.
1: I didn't like the way the men kept Lou between them as they came to a stop. They were well dressed, but something about them screamed hoodlum. Uh, wh- where are you going, Lou? Did you forget our date? Oh, uh, yes. It's, uh, it, it slipped my mind. Slipped your mind? You mean you forgot that I wanted to introduce you to Hello Jason, I'm sorry, uh... These gentlemen drove everything out of my mind. but Lou, the. We, uh. We got important business together. You might almost say it's a matter of life and death. To Lou or to you? What's your name? Jason Clark. All right, Jason Clark. Your good friend here owes us 11 big ones, and we intend to get it. Now, how about it, Clark? Is this guy going to stand up for your wedding? Going to be your best man? Well, I, I sure hope so if the girl will marry me. Fine. How about you standing up for him and guaranteeing we get our dough? <laughs> okay. I'll, uh... I'll guarantee you get your money. Yeah, there's a friend for you, Lou. You ought to be real proud. Yeah, uh... You understand, I... Uh, I don't have that kind of money now, but... Sure. Sure, we understand. We'll give you a week to get it together. <laughs> You shouldn't have done that, Jason. I make my problems and I solve them. I couldn't let them kill you. Look, I'm no good to them dead. I'll admit I might have crawled away with some bruises and maybe a couple of broken ribs. You haven't got that kind of loot. I'll manage to oh, get Oh, you'll it do together. nothing. Now, look, I'm going out on the road and, and sell some swimming pools. Six ought to do it. If I can't sell six pools in a week, I'll give up gambling. Lou did sell the pools. Seven, as a matter of fact. He didn't give up gambling, and he met Hillary Jones. By this time, my fiancee. To my delight, they hit it off beautifully. Hillary disapproved of Lou's gambling, but she was not a managing woman, and she didn't attempt to reform him. When Lou was in town, he was always welcome company, and we became a threesome. Until tragedy struck. Lou was killed in an automobile accident. I'd realized how large a part Lou had played in my life until he was gone. I asked Hillary to move up the date for our wedding, hoping that married life would help fill the void. Of course, dearest. We can get married tomorrow if you want. Did I ever tell you how much I love you? Uh, Frequently. But I never get tired of hearing you say it. You're a remarkable woman. I, I, I know that you and your folks wanted a big wedding with all the trimmings, and yet you're willing to marry me tomorrow. I love you, Jason. You know, I wouldn't ask you to disappoint your folks and run off and get married, but... It would be great if we could move the date up for a couple of weeks. No problem. Great. I us celebrate. I tell you, I'll, I'll give you ten minutes to change, and we'll have dinner at the pup room. I have a very important question to ask you. Where is all the money coming from for this? Don't worry about it. We can afford it. Well, I know you do very well at the agency, but you near well enough to be able to afford the luxury. You've lavished on me in the last few months. Best restaurants, the best seats, the best shows. You're objecting to the way I've been courting you? I love it. Where are you getting all the money? Oh, you'd be surprised. Darling, I think we're heading for our first quarrel. Why are you so secretive? What's going on? I'll tell you, but only upon two conditions. First, that you won't repeat it to a soul. A second that you won't make fun of me. I promise. Okay. I've been gambling. Gambling? And winning. What's happening to you? You're not a gambler. You never were. Don't you remember the hours we spent talking about Lou? Trying to come up with some way of curing his gambling habit? Of course, Hilary. It's not not really gambling. You're betting? Yeah. But I can't lose. I haven't lost a bet. Not once. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's impossible. Not if you're getting tips from the right source. Not so that? Lou, of course. Lou tells me what to bet. And he's never been wrong. The late Harry Houdini swore to his friends that he would get in touch with them after his death. He even left very definite details as to how they would recognize his presence even if he were unable to talk with them. So far, none of them has been contacted. Now we have Jason Clark who says he's getting betting tips from his dead friend. Can this really be true? We'll find out shortly when I return with Act Two. There are many spiritualists who claim to have regular conversations with the dead. But most of them maintain they reach the spirit world only through their own very special contact on the other side. Jason Clark, however, has told his fiancée that he's in direct contact with his dead friend Lou Marvin, who's giving him sure winners in sporting events. Jason, I know you believe that Lou has been giving you tips on betting. I'm trying to decide which worries me more. The fact that you're gambling or the fact that you actually think that Lou... Remember your promise. You swore that you wouldn't make fun of me. Darling, I'm not making fun. I'm just terribly worried. I know how close you and Lou were and how much his death affected you, but this is... Look, honey, please, relax. I'm not crazy. Now, just, just let me explain how it happened. But you can't. The first time I was reading a sporting page about the game between the Chicago Bears and the Giants. And suddenly I heard Lou's voice, clearly telling me to bet the Giants. Oh, you couldn't have. Yes. Right. I couldn't and I didn't. I dismissed it as some sort of hallucination. But twice before the game, I heard him again. And it was just the way Lou used to talk. And I still didn't better do anything about it. And the Giants won. Oh, Jason, my love, that was just a coincidence. That's just what I thought, until it happened again with a basketball game. So I made a small bet, and I won. And from then on, I've just listened to Lou, and I haven't lost a single time. Darling, I'd like you to see a doctor. Yep. He's a good friend. So Hillary, please, is... please, Hillary, please. Just let me prove it to you. Wait, wait a minute. I'll go out to the lobby, and I'll get a newspaper. Now, you you just wait. <laughs> Here's a paper. Now look. Here is the list of tonight's games. Now you 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 pick a game.
0: Any game. No, I don't
1: want anything to do with it. In other words, you have a closed mind. You love me, but you won't even let me prove to you that I'm not out of my skull, that this is really happening. All right. Here. I pick the game between the Chicago Bulls and the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. Now am the back. Tell her to pick another game, Jess. Well, do you hear anything? Yep. Lou says you should pick another game. I didn't hear a thing. Yeah, I know, but that's what he said. All right. But I'm only going along with this nonsense because I love it. You, you. you just pick the game. It's getting late. All right. At Boston and the Philadelphia. How long are you going to stare at that paper? Take the Celtics and six points. Where are you going? To phone in my bet. Lou told me to take the Celtics with six points. Well, do you believe me now? 100, 200, 300, 500 bucks. But the Celtics lost. Yeah, but only by three points. And the spread was six, so I won. <laughs> now do you believe me? I believe you won, but I don't believe... I refuse to believe that, that such a thing could happen. You don't believe in life after death? Maybe there is. But... If there are such things as spirits, they don't go around giving people tips so so that someone down here on earth can win a lot of money. Come on, Hillary, you know what a great salesman Lou was. I mean, if anyone could sell the other world a bill of goods on gambling, Lou is the fellow who could. Jason, I don't know what's going on, but I want you to stop. Why? Because it's wrong. What's wrong about winning? I'm making legitimate bets, and I'm winning. I mean, it's the easiest money I ever made in my life. We can use it to build a wonderful life. Do you realize that the ceiling is absolutely unlimited? And what happens if Lou stops sending you tips? Simple? I don't bet. I'm not a gambler. I'm just a winner. A man who acts on heaven-sent information. And if I don't get the information, I'll quit. And what happens when you lose? Well, I don't even want to think about that. Not because of the money. I mean, there's no way I'd bet enough to lose it all. But if I lose, that'll mean that something is going on inside my head and I never was in touch with Lou at all. And how do you think I like living with that thought? You shouldn't consider it. The records show that I must be hearing from Lou that I'm, I'm betting only on sure things. But somehow, to me, that's even more frightening. Well, Jason, I don't want to go out. What's the matter? headache? No, I'm fine. I'd just rather you you come over to my place because I have something to tell you that needs privacy. Okay. Did you get the flowers? Yes. Thank you. They're beautiful. What's all? Nothing else to say to us? I'll see you in an hour. Jason, before I say anything, I want you to know that's the most beautiful engagement ring I've ever seen. Well, at last. I was beginning to think that either you hadn't received it or you didn't like it. No woman could look at it and not like it. It's really exquisite and expensive. Obviously, you're still winning. That's an understatement. My bookmaker is hinting that perhaps he'd rather have me go to Vegas to place my bet. I tell you, darling, we have got the world by the tail. Yes, I suppose that's one way of looking at it. Well, what's the matter? I I thought you'd be happy about the ring. The trouble is that I'm beginning to believe you about Lou. Why should that make you unhappy? Because I don't want to believe in demonic possession. Demonic? What the deuce are you talking about? I know how we used to laugh and joke about all those books and films where some kind of devil entered the body of a perfectly normal person and took over. Well, what's that got to do with anything? Oh, I believe that somehow Lou has taken possession of your mind. Are you saying that you think Lou is a devil or some kind of an evil spirit? No, not at all. I just think that ever since this started, you've been acting and thinking like Lou rather than like Jason. Nonsense. You've quit your job with the ad agency, haven't you? you? You're exaggerating. I just took a leave of absence. Why? Well, there's not much point in my turning out advertising copy five days a week for less than I make on one bet. Oh, I wish you could hear yourself. It almost sounds as like if Lou were talking. That's just what he'd say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Of course. Why didn't I think of this before? You're jealous. You're jealous of Lou and... That's not true. That's not true at all. I thought Lou was a fine person and I enjoyed being with him, but... But much as I like Lou, I would never have thought of marrying him. Well, I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I mean, look at me. I'm Jason. I am Jason Clark. You remember me? The guy who loves you and wants to do everything in the world for you. If you really mean that, then we have no problem. Of course I mean then it. stop betting. Oh, boy, oh boy. I really stepped into that one, didn't I? Well? Let me think about it for a minute. You think about it. I don't have to because I already know the answer. Uh, you're 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 pushing me, Hillary, and I I don't like to be pushed. Why don't you admit it? You're addicted, exactly the way Lou was addicted. You can't stop, not even for me. Yeah, you see, that's not fair. I mean, Lou lost a lot of time. Sure, he won now and then, but he lost. I mean, if you want to say that I'm addicted, be honest. I'll admit that I'm addicted to winning. I'm sorry. Here, what's that? ring. I'm giving it back. I'm calling it quits. If I were a gambler, I might say I was cutting my losses because I know what you're doing is all wrong. I walked back to my place after Hillary had broken our engagement, feeling rotten. I had to face up to it. A lot of what Hillary had said was right. I just couldn't bear the thought of throwing away this golden opportunity. And I also had to admit that if I quit, it would probably break my link with Lou and I didn't want to lose contact. I was feeling miserable when I opened the door to my apartment and I froze. Seated there were the two men that I'd seen with Lou when he owed them $11,000. One of them spoke. Come on in, Clark, and close the door. You remember meeting us before with your friend Lou Marvin? I'm Mr. Smith. This fellow's Mr. Jones, my silent partner. How did you get in? Let's not waste time on unimportant matters. I don't remember the guy who said if you can't lick him, join him, but that's the way we feel. We want to go into business with you. Yeah, but I'm not in business. Wrong. Dead wrong. Now, you've been taking a lot of money, an awful lot of money away from our enterprise, and it shouldn't happen that way. Now, you know as well as we do, Clark, I don't figure. You mean I'm not supposed to win? Well, of course you're supposed to win some of the time. But even the luckiest gamblers we ever saw also lost some of the time. You're something else, Clark. You're the first guy we ever ran across who never loses. If you fellas are trying to tell me that you don't want my action, I'll go elsewhere. There ain't no elsewhere, Clark. You've become famous. Now, we're here to make you a straight business proposition. We understand you must have some kind of a system. And we want you to tell us about it so we can work it better. I don't have a system. Now, look, Clark, you've been doing great. I mean great. But what else you'll do even better? We can put down bets that no one would take from you. So it makes sense to let us in on it. Look, I told you, I don't have a system. You're not dealing with children when you talk with me in Jonesy. Well, you want to make us believe you close your eyes, you stick a pin in the paper and come up with a winner? Of course I don't do anything like that. All right. So tell us, what do you do? This is ridiculous. Ain't it? You know, if anyone had ever told me, I'd be sitting in a guy's apartment one night begging him to tell me how he picks winners. I'd have said he was bananas. But here we are, and we're asking you, and we're asking politely. Yeah, I understand that, but I have nothing to tell you. It's just that I get uh, a a, a feeling. Well, you're going to have to come up with something better. Maybe like uh, somebody on the inside is giving you information, you're splitting with them. Is that the way you're working? Absolutely not. Okay, I'll buy that. Not because you tell us, but because we got connections, and we check them very carefully before we come here tonight. If there's anything I could do to help you, I would. You can. All you have to do is tell us how you figure the basketball games, the football games, the races. Just tell us. And we're in business. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm using the the, the rhythm system. Uh, you, you have heard of biorhythms and charts? Biorhythms? Yeah. Yeah. See... See, look, here's what I do. I, I, I get the birth date of every player, and then I use my own system of determining the biorhythms of all the key players involved. And whichever team has the players, see, with the greatest number of high in all the three categories, which are emotional and physical and astrological, well, that gives me the clue as to how to bet. And I suppose you do the same thing with the horses. Nah, that'd, that'd be silly with horses. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. My partner has a nasty temper. I don't like violence, but I can't blame them for punching you. So come up with some answers or Jonesy's going to get so mad, he might really hurt you. Legend has it that George Washington never told a lie. Now that's admirable, but sometimes it's impossible to make people believe you're telling the truth when you are indeed speaking the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's the dilemma which confronts Jason Clark, and we'll be back to hear how he solves it shortly. Each of us has his dreams. To those dreamers who lament the fact that their castles in the air don't materialize, I say, beware. Many of those dreams are fulfilled only to turn into nightmares. And so it was with Jason Clark who seemed to have a ghostly pipeline to betting on sporting events that was infallible. Indeed, Jason has never lost a bet. And now some very rough gentlemen are determined to find out how he does it. You feeling a little better, Clark? My nose will stop bleeding. I guess I'm okay. Good. See, my partner is an impatient man. I don't know how long I can hold him back. Look, you don't have to threaten me. There's just nothing I can tell you. There's nothing you believe. Try us. It, it's no use. It's hopeless. You're not going to come back with that, uh, that, uh, what do you call that biorhythm rhythm garbage, are you? No. All right, you seem to be learning. Now, we'll go along with something when we hear the truth. Okay, do you remember Lou Marvin? Sure. Swell guy. Now, you, you know that we were very close. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's ancient history. Marvin is dead. Yeah, and, and he, he see, he's been giving me... Uh, he's been giving me tips. Now, uh, hold it. Hold it, Jonesy. There'll be time enough for your act. First, I want to hear the rest of this fairy tale. Oh, gosh. I told you that you wouldn't believe now me. I'm trying, Clark. If I hear you correctly, you're getting tips from Lou Marvin, who died almost a year ago. That's right. How do you get in touch? I don't. He does. See, I'll be, I'll be reading the sports news or listening to sports on the radio. Suddenly, I hear him tell me what team or what horse to bet. hmm And I suppose you're the only one who could hear him, right? Now you've got it. Now you got it. 48 hours to come up with the real dope or you're going to find yourself in a hospital. I didn't leave my apartment for two days. I didn't make a bet. I didn't even look at the sporting pages. I sat and I worried and thought and didn't come up with any answers. If Smith and Jones weren't willing to accept the truth, there was just no story I could make up that would hang together. I knew I'd have to go out sometime, and I wondered where they picked me up. Late the second night, my phone rang. Hello? This is Smith. Remember me? Yeah changes your mind? I can't. You've got to believe I told you the truth. Oh, I have met some stubborn guys in my time, but you take the cake. Now listen. Listen good, because you won't be hearing from me again. Yeah, you know how Jonesy feels about you. But he's not stubborn. When I showed him that if we damaged you, we might be killing a goose that laid the golden egg, he saw the logic of that right away. That makes sense. So you decided to leave me alone? That's right. But that girl you're going to marry, that Hillary Jones, that is really a good looking dame. Listen, if you touch her. Now you can I... stop us. Just tell us your system and nothing happens to her. But if you don't, when we get through with her, nobody would want to marry her. Think it over and call me tomorrow. You know the number. Although it was well past midnight, I called Hillary. I told her I had to see her. It was a matter of life and death. I think she was still too sleepy to understand what I was saying, but she agreed to allow me to come over. All right, Jason. Now that you've got me out of bed in the middle of the night, calm down, drink some coffee. Tell me what this is all about. Well, first of I want to apologize. I take back everything I ever said to you. About what? About this betting. I was wrong and you were right. It's big trouble. And the thing I can never forgive myself for is that you're involved. I don't see how that's possible. Oh, uh, Darling, listen, start packing. You've got to go away. Will you please drink your coffee and make some sense? They're threatening you. That's why I called. Right after Smith hung up. We've, we've got to find someplace where they can't find you. Listen, I know you're in some kind of panic and that you're worried about me. Why do I have to run away? Sorry, you're right again. <sighs> you see... The fellows that I've been betting with came to see me. They thought that I had some kind of new foolproof system for picking winners, and they wanted to go into business with me. Of course, I told them I didn't have a system, and they didn't believe it. They threatened me. One of them took a punch at me. And finally, I told them the truth. About Lou? Right. Of course, they didn't believe that either. And that was two days ago. Well, they called me tonight. They said they wouldn't hurt me, since I'm the goose that lays the golden eggs. But if I didn't tell them, they were going to beat you up and scar you for life. That's why I'm here, and that's why you've got to get out of town now. No, that's not the answer, Jason. I don't intend to run away. Believe me, Hillary, this isn't the time for heroics. No, not for panic either. Running away won't solve anything. Well, what will? Wait a minute. I'm trying to see it their way. Now, remember when you first told me about Lou giving you tips? I didn't believe you. I can understand why they didn't believe it either. Now, suppose you prove it to them. How? The same way you proved it to me. Give them a, a demonstration. Well, I'm not sure that Lou would go for that. Why not? I know how he felt about these guys. He hated them. And he's sure to know that they're with me, just waiting to cash in. But if he knows all that, he must know the spot you're in. Yeah, I suppose he does. But don't you think Lou was too good a friend of yours to let you down? He got you into this. Now, give him a chance to get you out. We talked about it for the rest of the night but I really knew deep down that it was the only sensible suggestion. Now it is up to me to persuade Smith and Jones to come to a demonstration. The next day, I called the number that Smith had given me. Hello? It's Jason Clark. Listen, I'm going to give you a demonstration. I'm going to show you just how I work it. Why don't you just write it out for us? There isn't too complicated. It's very simple. But the only way that I'm going to get you to, to, well, to see how it works is to watch me in action. I don't like the way you talk. You're not going to be stupid enough to try to pull another fast one. Eh? How can I? You're going to be right with me. You're going to see me and hear me, and then. All you... right. Be at the Regal Hotel, room nine fifteen, at four thirty this afternoon. That's too late. I want to be with you in time for the afternoon races. Okay. Then make it twelve thirty. Yeah, and have a daily racing form there, will you? How About a crystal ball. No thanks. I'm bringing my own. <laughs> To the hotel. I was forcing my brain to send messages to Lou. They all added up to the same thing. A plea to him not to let me down. I got there on the dock and the big gorilla called Jonesy let me in and hung a do not disturb sign outside and then carefully locked and bolted the door. We sent down for some food. Help yourself. Oh, thanks. All right, Jonesy, give him the racing form. Let's watch him work. Well, what are you doing? Working. We ain't hearing nothing. I'm going to give you the name of a horse to bet. In what race? I don't know yet. I don't believe this guy, John. Look, I can't concentrate if you keep on talking. Well, that's too bad, because I ain't going to shut up. You know, dummy, you know what we want. We ain't looking for tips. We want to know how you do it. I'm going to show you. Now, shut up. You're going to tell him. I already told you. Lou Marvin gives me the name of the horse. I have to wait until I hear from him. Jonesy, maybe you better pay a call on the young lady. Oh, now wait a, no, no, wait a minute. You've got to give me the chance to prove to you that I'm telling the truth. Look, Lou Marvin's dead. Now, you tell me that somehow he gives you a tip on a team or a horse. Right, he talks to me. Look, how much have I won over the last four months? You must have an approximate idea. Not approximate. We have it right to the penny. You're in the woods for 78 big ones. $78,000. Okay, I have most of it. Not all, but I can get the difference. And I'll show you how much I believe in what I'm saying. I will bet the whole bundle, if you guys can get it down, 78,000. Does that sound as if I'm making up a story? Yeah. Jonesy, here's a guy with a lot of moxie. He sure backs up his fairy tales. All right, I'll go along with your clock. Go back to studying your form. I went through the first three races, reading the names of horses to myself and looking at their past performances, and nothing. I could feel the growing skepticism of the two men in the room. Come on, Lou. Come on. You don't come up with a horse soon. Jonesy and me are going to get a little angry. Sunset star in the sixth. That's your horse, Jason. I've got it. Sunset star in the sixth. You can bet 78000 $78,000. Jones left to go into another room, and Smith and I sat and looked at each other. Jones returned and nodded that the bet was down, and we sat and waited with the radio on, waited for the start of the sixth race. When the DJ said, and now for the call at sixth race to take your trackside, there was enough electricity in that room to have lighted the whole hotel.
0: They're off on the inside. Price fully, closely followed by Joey's boy, Alexis. And then Sunset Star with Kendo, Victor X, and Generalissimo all punched in the middle of the track. Around the clubhouse turn it's Joey Boy, ranging up alongside Price Fully, a length and a half, and Sunset Star, Generalissimo two lengths back along the rail, and Victor X and Kendo. The back track, Sunset Star making it move between horses, and now it's Sunset Star, Joey's boy, and Price Polly, neck and neck, with General Ittimo posing in the center of the track. And now, down the stretch to the finish, it's Sunset Star and neck over Joey's boy and Price Polly, it's Sunset Star and Joey's boy, and charging up alongside General Littable. Contest tire at General Iskemar, contest tire General Iskemar, and it's General Iskemar the winner! Contest tire second, and a photo between Joey's boy and Fried Polly
1: for show money. Okay, Clark. You showed us how it works. No. Look, what happened? How could you do this to me? Look, you don't have to put on that Marvin axe for us. We figured it right. You didn't have the system. You just got hot and ran the luckiest streak I've ever seen. Yeah, but the $78,000 that Joe's was You don't think we'd have laid 78000 on a tip from a ghost, do you? We still got all our marbles. Now we got our money back. That's okay. You want my advice? Just don't make any more bets. <laughs> back to Hillary's apartment. She took one look at my face and she threw her arms around me, Joyce. Oh, darling, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. You're glad? You're glad? You're happy I've lost all the money I made. I don't care about the money. I can see from your face you're out of trouble. And that's all that matters. I promise not to make another bet. Oh, that's marvelous. I've got you back again. Well, you never lost me. But there's one thing that really bugs me and will as long as I live. I know. I really heard Lou's voice. I suppose you did. Why should that bother you? I'll never know. Was he really getting advance information? Or was he just riding a lucky streak? You've overlooked another possibility, darling. What's that? That Lou was truly a wonderful friend who saw what was happening and wanted you and me to live happily and safely ever after. Questions to which there are no answers. And I'm sorry that I can't choose for you between the three alternatives and tell you which one was true. There are always skeptics, and they will say that Jason Clark only imagined he heard the voice of his friend. I'll be back with another interesting question shortly. The question that intrigues me about today's tale of friendship and the compulsive gambler is, if indeed Lou Marvin was really sending messages from the spirit world to his friend and getting a vicarious pleasure from making bets through Jason, what happened to Lou when he could no longer gamble? Did heaven or Lou make some other arrangement? cast included Mason Adams, Marion Selden, Mandel Kramer. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. We'll just let you cool off in this cell for a bit, Mr. Leach. Sheriff, I am legally entitled to make a phone call. Mm -hmm. Go right ahead, if you can find a phone in here. I want an explanation, Sheriff. I want an explanation of what is going on. Doesn't everybody. I am legally entitled to hear the charges against me. You had your chance to leave peaceably, boy. You know, you're not going to get away with this. I, I, I am a reporter, Sheriff. I am here on assignment If I'm not back in Dallas in three days, my boss is going to start making inquiries. Well, he can go right ahead and do that. He won't find a single person in this town who will admit that you was ever here. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.